the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't think about what the devil is telling you. This is okay. This is okay. God's Word doesn't really say that. Uh, no, no. You got to think about such whatever is true. Think about such things. That's why you can't just take your Bible and leave it on the dresser. You got to pick that Bible up and start to read it, start to understand it. You're just listening to the world. You're listening to the culture. You're listening to society. You got to start listening to God. Open up God's Word. Come to church. Sit in the front. Listen. Take notes. Get this book in your heart. Good evening and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weeknight at this time on KKLA to lift up the name of Jesus Christ so that the entire world might believe. Sharing the gospel is our number one goal and the reason we are here. Dudley Rutherford is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, located right here in Los Angeles. During these days of uncertainty, we believe this is the perfect time to turn off what the world wants to tell us and immerse ourselves in what God has to say to us through the Holy Bible. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us tonight. I want to ask you, do you think that people lie during a divorce procedure or a divorce court? Do you think people lie in that situation? Do you think people lie in child custody cases? Do you think people have lied filling out their insurance forms? How about their tax forms? Have you ever heard of tooth decay? We have a problem in America called truth decay. Have you ever said, tomorrow, I'm going to start my diet? Only to find yourself in the in and out line over there. Have you ever said, this is the year that I'm going to get in shape? This is the year. You ever said that? Have you ever heard a dentist say, this is not going to hurt? Have you ever told a white lie, black lie, technicolor lie? <laughs> Against this backdrop, God thunders these words, thou shalt not lie. Specifically, he's referring to legal matters. Obviously, no society can survive without a basic foundation of people telling the truth. There can never be justice in the world without people telling the truth. The undergirding principle of commandment number nine, write this down, is that God demands honesty. There's a number of ways that we break this commandment. One is called the desperate lie. These are people who lie when things are desperate. We see this in the Bible the night that Jesus was arrested. A man named Peter, who had been with Jesus for three years, was there in the courtyard and someone came up to Peter and said, hey, you're with Jesus. 
three times he was asked, aren't you one of them? Now, he had just spent three years with Jesus every day for three years. But when Peter was asked, hey, aren't you one of them? Peter says, no, I've never met the man. Well, how could he lie like that? Well, he was desperate. Why was he desperate? Because he thought he was next to be arrested. Whenever you find yourself in a desperate situation, what do you do instinctively? Do you lie or do you tell the truth? Second is the deceptive lie. This is where you tell only a portion of the truth. You never tell half. You just tell a part of the truth, not all the truth. This is like the boy, his parents told him to be in at 12 o'clock midnight. That was his curfew. And he came in at 2 a.m. And he opened up the door and everybody's asleep and he thinks he's not going to get caught. And he's walking across the floor and everything's perfect. He's almost to his room. And he steps on a board and there's a creak in the floor. And it woke his dad up. And right when his dad woke up, the cuckoo clock. Cuckoo two tongues. And the boy said it was the most creative night of his life when he himself cuckooed ten more times. The salesman line, this is the guy that will tell you anything in order to get the sale. I'm selling you this car at rock bottom price. Or they say, this is the last one we have in stock at that price. Number four is the secretary lie. This is standard procedure in most offices in America. You call the office, you want to talk to the boss, the secretary will say to you, I'm sorry, he's in a meeting or he's out of town, he's not here, and you can't see it, but he's literally standing at her desk. Then you have the student lie, 80%. 80% of high school students admit to cheating at least once on a test. The other 20% are lying. (laughs) Number six is the polite lie. This is where we're afraid to tell the truth so we won't offend anybody. We say, oh, I think your hair looks beautiful and it looks like a bird's nest. (laughs) Number seven is the silent lie. Did you know that you can lie without ever saying a word? You say, how's that possible? Well, if you're with someone and they're lying and you fail to speak up and set the record straight, you choose not to say anything, then you're complicit in their lying. We see this in the Bible. Jacob, in Genesis chapter 37 through 47, old daddy Jacob, he's got 12 sons. And all the boys get jealous of this young boy named Joseph. He gave Joseph a coat of many colors. And the brothers got jealous, and so they took young Joseph, and they sold him into slavery. They took that boy's coat and dipped it in some blood, and they took it back to old daddy Jacob. And they said, Dad, we don't know how to tell you this, but Joseph was killed by by wild animals. And for 10 years... For 10 years, old daddy Jacob, he grieved over a son who wasn't even dead, all because of the silent betrayal of Joseph's brothers. Not one of those boys had the nerve to say, Dad, I want to be truthful to you. Joseph is still alive. Number eight, the preacher lie. Did you know that almost, I'm going to say nine out of 10 preachers, if you ask uh, the preacher, you say, hey, how many, how many people does your church run in attendance? Nine out of 10 will tell you a lie. The number they give will be higher than what they actually run. That's true. Proverbs 6 says there are seven things the Lord hates, and two of those seven things have to do 
with a lying tongue. So here's my question. Where does lying come from? Where does it come from? All lying comes from the father of all lies. The Bible says is Satan. When you lie, you're not the first person to lie, nor will you be the last. But where did it all come from? It all came from Satan. John chapter 8, verse 44, it says there is no truth in him. When he lies, you see his lips moving. He is speaking his native language, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. Satan was the one that orchestrated the fall of man. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 3. I want to show you when man fell, when sin entered into the world. Chapter 3 says, now the serpent, everybody say serpent. He was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Satan uses the same ploy today that he used back there in Genesis chapter 3 because he always takes God's word and he twists it. It's just partially true. And so when he says to this woman, does God really say you must not eat from the tree? And yeah, God did say you're not supposed to eat from something, but he's twisting God's word. When you hear Satan whispering in your ear, he's going to give you a little bit of Bible and he's going to twist God's word. And the woman in verse 2 says, no, 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 no. The woman said to the servant, no, you, God said you can eat from any tree. There's only one tree you can't eat from. And it's this one tree in the middle of the garden. But verse 2, the woman said to the servant, no, no, no. We may eat from the trees in the garden, verse 3. But God did say... You must not eat from the tree that's in the middle of the garden, and you must not even touch it, or you will what? Die. You touch that, you're going to die. Satan says the same thing to us as he says to, to Eve back then. Now, notice what, notice what he says in verse 4. Oh, you're, you're not going to die. See, God says, now watch this. God says, you touch that, you're going to die. Satan says, oh, no, 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 you're not going to die if you touch that. And don't you see, we talked about this last week, all sin leads to death. I don't care what the sin is. Sin will destroy you physically. Sin will destroy you spiritually. Satan comes along and says, oh, no, 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 it's okay. He starts whispering, it's okay. Oh, everybody else is doing it. It's actually fun. And you'll enjoy it. You'll get used to it. Don't listen to what God says. Listen to what I say. And every one of us that have sinned, God's word says this. And Satan comes along and says, no, this is what you can do. We do what Satan has whispered in our ear. He's using the same tactic on us that he used on Eve because he says to you, you're not going to die if you do that. Enjoy life. Notice what happens in verse 5. For God knows, Satan continues his lies. For God knows that when you eat of this, your eyes will be opened and you'll actually be like God. And you'll know the difference between good and evil. See, you, you can make your own decisions what's good, what's right, what's wrong. 
Verse 6, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree, she hadn't touched it yet. She was looking at it. She was listening to Satan. The Bible says that when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and it was pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, which is not true, she fell for the lie. She put all that together, the Bible says, she took some. She touched it. She took some. She ate it. Gave some to her husband, and he ate it. And then their eyes were open, for sure, but they weren't like God. Now they recognized that they were sinners, that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. You see, Satan orchestrated the fall of man. Number two, write this down. He endorses the folly of deception. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Woe to you who call evil good. And you take that which is good and you call it evil. You see, Satan tells us so many lies that eventually we get confused on what is right and what is wrong. And that's what's happening in our country today. That which is good, we call evil. That which is evil in this country, we now call good. Listen, the devil has lied and deceived millions, and not just millions, but billions. And the way he deceives us is that we have gotten away from God's Word. We don't even know the truth. If you don't know what's in here, then your mind is easily deceived. Have you ever turned in a paper or a report that wasn't your work? That's a lie. Have you ever said the check is in the mail and the check is not in the mail? That's a lie. Have you ever said, uh, this is a tithe? It's not even 1% of your income. And you go, here's my tithe. The tithe is 10%. Have you ever given something said it's a tithe, it's not a tithe? It's a lie. Here's the question. Why does God take lying so seriously? Number one. It contradicts God's nature. God, by His nature, He's holy, so we should not live unholy lives. But God's nature is truth. And so He does not want us as Christians to practice untruth. Number two, write this down. It undermines relationships with others. You see, relationships are built on trust. Any relationship, any marriage is built on trust. So once trust is broken, then the relationship begins to deteriorate. Relationships are built on trust. So when you start to lie, you're bringing distrust into that marriage. That's why Ephesians 4 verse 25 says, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor for we're all members of one body. But number three, write this down. Lying is almost always a cover up for some other sin. Did you know that? Anytime someone lies, they're just covering up for some other sin. We see that in the Bible too. There were two brothers, same flesh and blood, Cain and Abel. 
Genesis 4. Cain goes to his brother and kills his brother. Abel is now dead. Who killed him? Cain. The Bible says that God comes to Cain and says, Cain, where's Abel? And Cain lies to God. He says, I don't know where he is. He goes, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are. Cain knew exactly where Abel was because he was the one that killed him, the one that left him where he left him. Why does he lie? To cover up for some other sin in his life. Number four, lying always grows progressively worse. Once you start telling little lies, you start telling bigger lies and more lies. And the Bible talks about this, and every one of you need to understand that this is in the Bible. 1 Timothy 4, 2. 1 Timothy 4, verse 2 talks about the searing of your conscience, that once you start to sin, you commit that sin so many times that your conscience begins to be seared. It no longer even bothers you to commit the sin. That's where most of us are in our sins. And a chronic liar will lie so many times And his conscience is so seared that when he's lying, he actually believes that what he's saying is the truth. That's how bad off he is. And will actually get offended if you accuse him of lying, he's so convinced that what he's saying is the truth. It's called a seared conscience. And this is is an important point. Number one, I want you to know that God is serious about this. See, some of you are sitting out there and thinking, boy, old Dudley, he's pretty serious about all this. You got your eyes on the wrong person. You don't need to be worried what I think about lying. You need to be concerned about what God thinks about lying. I just want to show you a verse to show you. My point is this, that God takes all this serious. Look at Revelation 21, verse 8. This is in the New Testament, the end of your Bible. The cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderer, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts and idolaters, and all what? All liars. Their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. God takes this very, very serious. Number two, write this down quickly. Fill your heart with truth. You got a problem with lying. You got to fill your heart with truth. We've been talking about out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth what? Speaks. And so this is a heart problem you got to get this heart problem solved. That's why Philippians 4.8 says that whatever is true, everybody say true. Look at that verse, whatever is true. It's got a whole bunch of words there, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is ever admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. Think about such things. Think about such things. Truth is number one on the list. Think about such things. Don't think about what the devil is telling you. This is okay. This is okay. God's word doesn't really say that. Uh, No, no. You got to think about such whatever is true. Think about such things. That's why you can't just take your Bible and leave it on the dresser. You got to pick that Bible up and start to read it, start to understand it. You're just listening to the world. You're listening to the culture. You're listening to society. You got to start listening to God. Open up God's word. Come to church, sit in the front, listen, take notes, get this book in your heart, in your heart. Number three, as we prepare to close, you've got to pray every day. The Bible says in Thessalonians, we've got to pray continually. I just want to say this, that we are in a spiritual battle. 
Ephesians 6 talks about we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. There's a spiritual war that's being waged right now. See, I feel it when I come to church. Some of you don't feel it. Because I think a lot of our hearts, we've got seared consciences, and we don't, we don't, we don't even know it. But if, you, if you're sensitive to God, you understand there's a spiritual battle being fought right now. And swearing, lying, stealing, all those six things there, it's, it's a spiritual battle. And Ephesians 6 talks about you've got to have spiritual armory. You've got to prepare yourself. And the first thing in that list in Ephesians is, I've got a belt buckle. You've got to put on the belt of truth. You've got to gird yourself with God's truth. And then you've got to have a shield of what? Faith. Got a faith, truth, faith, truth, faith, helmet, salvation. You're not going to win. You're not going to overcome lying by saying, ah, I think I'll stop tomorrow. It's not, it doesn't work that way. You've got you to get the truth, got to faith, got to be saved. But in that text, it says one of your biggest weapons is you got to pray. Prayer is how you're going to overcome this problem. And you got to pray every day. And here's why. You cannot go to your knees and pray and say, God, help me to just tell the truth. I've got a terrible problem with lying. Help me to tell the truth. Please, God. And then get up and lie. Can't do it. One or two things will happen. You will either quit praying or you will quit lying. It's going to be one or the other. Why does it matter? Reason number four, write this down. Because of who you represent. You see, you represent Jesus Christ. That's why it matters. You represent Christ in this world. People are making decisions based upon what they see in you as you reflect Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5 says, For we do not preach ourselves. Who do we preach? Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. When you go to school and it's an ungodly environment, it's okay. You're walking in there for Jesus' sake. And when you go home at night and you open up the door and you're going in to see your spouse and your children, you're walking in there for Jesus' sake. And when you go to the mall or to the golf course or to the restaurant or to the coffee shop, you're walking in there for Jesus' sake. I ask you this question out here on this corner. There's a drunk atheist. He's got a big sign that says, there is no God. Who does more damage in this world? The drunk atheist with a sign that says there is no God or all the people who are walking inside this church who lie every single day? Who's causing more damage in this world? We are why. Because we represent Jesus Christ. And we represent him in our words, in our deeds, in our actions, in everything we do, in everything we say, and all God's people said. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every night here on KKLA. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. 
If Pastor Dudley's message tonight has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. I'm Kyle Welch, thanking you for joining us. We'll be back again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley.